Welcome back to Bacon Wire, an MSU sports podcast here on the Big Banter Podcast Network. Right off the top, we'll get to the shit show in Iowa City. We'll get to the basketball schedule. We'll talk about Toy Story Bijan Robinson busting ankles. We'll get to all of that. But right now, we have to talk about something. We are doing this once. We're only going to do it right now. And then we're not fucking talking about it again unless it happens. To join us, we have an Ohio State grad, co-founder of Big Banter, Big Banter Sports, Brant Henson. Brant, welcome to Bacon Wire. How are you? I'm doing great, Spartan Dog. Thank you for having me on. This is my Bacon Wire debut, and I'm super, super happy to be here. Been waiting for the invite and super, super glad to finally make the cut. Well, you are one of the perfect people to talk about this with us. So let's start this right off the top, okay? There's a case for and a case against Urban Meyer as Michigan State's head coach. I am yeah. not going to be making the morality play today. And here <laughs> is why. For two reasons. One, Michigan State is going to get criticized as an institution no matter who the next coach is. We could hire Jesus Christ, the literal biblical Jesus Christ, as the next head coach, and the free headline wouldn't be new Michigan State head coach fed 5,000, brought people back from the dead. It would be new Michigan State head coach enjoys wine a lot, has close personal relationship with prostitute. So I'm not really interested in taking the moral high ground for good publicity because MSG is just not going to get good publicity. Everyone's just going to have to accept that. Number two. If you want to accept, if you want to take some kind of moral high ground, college athletics is not the place for you to be. Anyone who is willing to eat the shit that college coaches have to eat, to climb up this ladder, to get to the point where they go, you know what? I would want nothing more than to be in charge of 120 teenagers and command them to give each other brain damage on a weekly basis. You are not a well-adjusted human being. You are a sociopath. So there is no choir boy head football coach right off the top. So I'm not going to make the morality argument. Is Urban a piece of shit? Yeah. Okay. But at least when Urban fucks around, his wife is also fucking around. Allegedly. You can ask Ohio State Pikes. I don't know. <laughs> you can, uh, that's, that's what I've heard. Grant, you're welcome to chime in at any time. I mean, yeah, no, I... I definitely, I, I, no statement to be made for me. Urban <laughs> Meyer's wife. I'm not sure what's going on there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little, little screwing around on the side going on, especially just with her seemingly just being fine with him finger blasting a girl in the bar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a little something going on there. Um, but as far I, I'm actually, I actually am going to make the morality case um, against Michigan State hiring him. Like, like you said, like the publicity is probably going to be, you know, questionable, whoever they hire, especially with some of the stuff coming out um, around, you know, all, all the negativity around the Mel Tucker situation um, and just, you know, a lot of negativity in Michigan State athletics in recent years uh, whatsoever. Um, so for them to go out and hire Urban Meyer would just be a, a horrendous look for the university. But like you said, can it really get that much worse? Um and what he's going to do if he comes in there is he's going to turn your program into a winning program. He he hasn't failed at any level of college football. We can just look past his NFL, um, his, his short-lived NFL tenure because that was that's kind of a different beast. Um, the guys don't buy in in the NFL like they buy in in college. It's it's really like a, a culture thing. And in the NFL, like they're they're there to make money. It's way more professionalized. Um, whereas he takes every game like it's freaking Afghanistan and in college. And, and the players, the players that buy into that, they go out there and compete week in and week out. And the players that don't buy into that, they get cut from the program. So he, he can come in and very, very quickly turn a program around. It's something I would be really excited to see. Um, he's only, I think, 58 years old. I, I think he's going to coach in college again, whether that's at Michigan State or elsewhere. Who knows? I mean, the the rumors are being shot down as of today, but. He did shoot down any any circulation connecting him to Ohio State prior to going there. So don't say don't say never until um, Michigan State has it in writing who their next coach is. 
Yeah, and and that's that's the case for Urban Meyer. At the college level, he has been wildly successful, right? You look at a place like Bowling Green, where it is just unbelievably hard to to win at, at the back at any level. And he was wildly successful at Bowling Green. Went to Utah without the Power Five resources Utah had now, and made them what they are today. Took over took over a Florida team who had kind of been who had kind of been kind of in the lower middle of the pack in the in the SEC um after Spurrier left and and brought them back to national dominance and then took over a decimated Ohio State program and turned them into what they are today. I mean you can argue that the success at Ohio State today can still be contributed to Urban Meyer outside of that last game in November. That's all Ryan Day. So, you know, that's just you, you look you look at his college resume and it it's impeccable. It is absolutely impeccable. Now, here's the case against Urban Meyer. And here is solely on field stuff. Okay. One, 58 isn't that old, but when your heart sucks, it's pretty fucking old. And I'm not talking like his actual organ heart. Is is gotta be like one of the worst in all of Power Five coaches. Um, he hasn't coached in four years. College football, you know, he was doing it. He was doing it, but you know, it's fundamentally different. The way you pay players is fundamentally different now at Michigan State than when than when he was at Ohio State in Florida. And you know, looking at this roster, this has the potential to be the to be his most extensive rebuild since probably Utah. And you got to wonder if he has, if he has something like that left in him, because, you know, Florida, you're working with one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in all of America. And you hit the ground running. It's not like Florida was in, was in the cellar. They, you know, they were middle of the pack. Um, it, it was just easy to elevate there. And, Ohio State, he had to work with reduced scholarships for a couple of years. But again, Ohio is a massively fertile recruiting ground, and the program sells itself. Michigan State football does not sell itself. There needs to be a lot of work that needs to be done in order to turn Michigan State into an Ohio State. And you got to wonder if at 58 years old, Urban Meyer is able to do that. So that that's where my head's at. Again, I'm not going to make the morality play. I don't really give a fuck. But you know, you guys are more than welcome to chime in here and, and give and give your thoughts and kind of bounce ideas. Off. Yeah, just I, oh, you can go ahead, Carter. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think Michigan State, if they were to go with Urban Meyer, um, would just be completely leaning into like it's like two middle fingers to like the press and like the 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 media reception it would get. It would just be like whatever you guys think we're this scumbag university, whatever. We'll just be that. We'll just fully embrace that. Um, and then it's like, yeah, it's it's all about winning on the field at that point for them. Um, and I agree with you to the sense that I don't know how if that's as much of a guarantee as as it may seem on the surface. It's you know it's a lot of the same points that Spardog was talking about. He hasn't recruited in what four or five years. And Probably lot, five, honestly. He and a lot has changed. A lot has changed in the college football landscape since then. And it's the and Michigan State is a this is this is where the 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 biggest distinction is. Michigan State is a good job. Michigan State is not a big brand. The resources are there to be a top team to compete with, but it's like you said, the program of Ohio State, like the program of an Ohio State, a Florida, uh, a Penn State, a Michigan, one of those, like those sell themselves. Michigan State does not. Now, I'm not saying you'd have to recruit super extra hard or anything because Michigan State's NIL uh, pool and the facilities and the resources and all those things available are are pretty rich. But it's not like an Ohio State where it's like, oh, I really want to you know, play for this and you don't have to do as much, much of the lifting. Um, and even in that sense, you know, back then, like it's harder now. So it's, it's a completely, you know, on the football field play, you want to win games. I do think that they would win games. I just don't know if it'd be national championship contender within like two or three years. So that's basically my two cents about the on field 
potential product with an Urban Meyer. I won't get into the obviously I won't get into the whole morality stance either. But that's kind of where I sit with it with uh, him being the Michigan State coach. But basically, my whole thing is I never gave Urban Meyer at Michigan State much thought because I just thought he'd say no to that job like immediately. Like he seems pretty comfortable being on the Fox broadcast desk and, and making a good amount of money there and not having to worry about all the all the 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 strain that it would take being a being a head coach. Yeah, and going off of that, um Urban Meyer, he, the strain of being a head coach takes more on him than it takes on any other head coach whatsoever. The guy does not like to lose. He's a madman. If he loses one single game, it it takes a lot out of him and like Spartan Dog mentioned, his his actual organ heart is just not functioning, and one single loss is just is going to make it that much worse. Um, and with the, I mean, with the new world of college football, um, it's going to be we're bringing in those four new teams in the Big Ten, four very competitive teams, four great programs. Um, you're going to lose a lot more games than you would than he would have maybe if he came in to to college football in this day and age where you don't have to play like you know, two or three major powerhouses a year. Um, and then also just going back to the whole um, landscape of recruiting and what that looks like nowadays. This is, I mean, not only the the guys that are on the roster right now at Michigan State, but you're going to have guys that are transferring out. Then you're going to have to go grab guys from the transfer portal, go grab new recruits. You're basically going to have to reshape the entire roster from the top down. Um, so that, I mean... You've got that and then just using resources, how recruiting works nowadays. Um, it's, it's driven a lot of coaches away from from the game, from college sports, especially looking at college basketball. Um, you've got guys who have been legends in the game for such a long time who couldn't keep up with the new uh, the new age of, of college sports. You've got Jay Wright retiring fairly young from Villanova after winning some championships there. Roy Williams, Coach K, those guys are done. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if, if Urban is – kind of cut out for what college football is today his heart sucks and the papa john's doesn't help no it doesn't <laughs> um lucas uh breaking moves for, from our to borrow parlance from part of my take from breaking news Bruce. we have a new football quarterback starter Caton hauser is starting at rutgers according to who yes ben atkins what's that oh my god that- am I, I ate the trash you motherfucker! You, you son of a bitch! <laughs> you, god damn you! I want to believe it? God damn you! Let's just let's just say we broke the scoop. Um, happen anyway. Sorry, go ahead. I will. Uh, I'll mute. I'll punish myself. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is around the horn. You get muted for that shit. Uh, no, but you know, here's the other thing, right? In terms of roster construction. So the NCAA came out today and ruled that there's no like yearly new scholarship limit, right? It used to be limited to, I think, 25 or 30. Now you can give out as many scholarships as you lose up to 85. So if Urban came in here and was like, was like, we need to do a total overhaul, it's easier than ever to do that. And I'll say that sucks for the student athlete. The guys who, you know, are kind of lower on the depth chart and are fighting for rotational play special team snaps right guys who just guys who just want to use this to get their degree and and move on that sucks for them because they're going to be ushered out of programs at a rate that that is that is going to be unseen before before this next offseason but if you're in a position like michigan state's in that's awesome because you now have a unique opportunity to basically do what dion did at colorado and pour gasoline on it because you could basically just turn the entire roster over and rebuild it from the ground up. So that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, <laughs> I'm still, Lucas, God damn it. I'm trying to find where you Not saw this, a good Lucas. Impression with, the, with the boss on. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. I, d- I have a new setup and everything. Oh, um, good. I'll, I'll I'll chime in my two cents on Urban. Um, okay, please. I I don't think NIL and paying players would be an issue with Urban Meyer, <laughs> um, because 
I mean, it never was. Kent, it never, never was. was. But he was. He's on the NIL committee at Ohio State, is he not? Is he Brant? I'm pretty sure he is. I I wouldn't be surprised if he is. I don't actually know off the top of my head. Um, I'm pretty sure he is. Um, so I won't worry about that. He, transfer, he, he had his own NIL well, committee back when he coached there. That's <laughs> <right> there. <laughs> uh, transfer portal, I think he could adjust. I'm not too worried about that, but that would be the one concern. Um, but what what scares me more than anything is the Jacksonville saga. And I, I think that I think 90% you probably get the Ohio State and Florida and Utah Urban Meyer. But there's just that 10% chance that the Jacksonville stuff lingers with him. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, he's 58, what, 58, you know, can you, can you change from that? Can you adapt to a new way? You know, if you kick a kicker and they can simply enter the portal, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. Like, he can't do that shit to the college kids like you did in the pros. And yeah, but he did that to Ryan Suckup, and Jonathan Kim is better than Ryan Suckup. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's that's my only concern is our which version of Urban Meyer are we getting now? I'm not going to base his whole career off of you know what two months in Jacksonville. <laughs> I'm going to base it off of the guy who had some had some amazing teams at so many stops. And if we get them, I would love it because Michigan fans would absolutely just lose their minds. And it's clear that this man just wants to stick it to them no matter what. But the morality part is what I toy with. But I just, in 2020, we were joking that he would come here. And it's just funny that three and a half years later, we're like, like a tiny little chance that it might happen but Bruce Feldman uh, has to text him and ask yeah. <laughs> Bruce Feldman literally <laughs> one of the premier guy one of the premier college football reporters had to text <laughs> Urban Meyer because he saw a tweet with the hard eyes emoji <laughs> uh, I don't think he's coming I think we know who we want and who is realistic but I mean hell you gotta make the call so I I think the call has been made or will be made, but he's I think he's too comfortable in his current his current position, and he's he's not getting younger. So I'll mute myself from my eating the trash again. Lucas, I'll, you were I'll right. Deduct, I'll deduct negative fifty points from my score tonight. You were right, by the way. He is with uh, the Ohio State uh, NIL organization. Okay, oh, there you go. You're yeah, back to even. Back to even. <laughs> I've never understood the rules of around the horn. And. I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, okay. that's kind of the point. You just get he's just Tony Reale just giving him points like whatever whenever yep. he feels like it. It's like, "Oh, I yeah. like that." Thank yep. you to Spartan Ryan for telling me that Urban was on the NIL committee. At least I got something right tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the last time we're going to talk about Urban Meyer. If you want more Urban Meyer talk, um our friend Spartan Ryan, our friend Spartan Ryan and Zangio started a new podcast, The Search. Uh, the Bacon Wire coaching tree gains another branch. Um, I said we're going to get him a grave plot next to Hezzy Hay. <laughs> you know, if you know, you know. Uh, RIP best bets. Yeah, RIP Bacon Wire's best oh. bets. The Weekly Whitney. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> All that good stuff. Uh, Brant, uh, you're more than welcome to stay on for the rest of the pod as now I start to melt down. But um, otherwise, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, plug plug Big Banter real quick for us. Not that you know we're part of it, but go ahead, go ahead and tell the Michigan, the fine Spartans out there, why why they should follow the Turtle Heads. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, so, for those of you who are unaware what Big Banter is, we are a podcast network and media company focused on. Big Ten sports, um, solely Big Ten sports, because there's no better conference out there. We've got a pod for for each of the uh, 14 Big Ten schools covering football and covering basketball. Um, I know you guys had the turtle heads on last week talking about that uh, Maryland game. Um, so definitely go go follow them if you want to kind of get a viewpoint of every um, Big Ten team out there in, in the country, just to kind of get more insight from uh, from different fan bases. 
Yeah, and you know, you said you had you jinxed yourself because you tweeted you had four, you had all fourteen teams locked in, and now you got to go out and get four more. So yeah, you know, yeah, we, the work we got, is the work's never over. You're not wrong. We had all fourteen, but now we got eighteen to get, and who knows? Maybe more coming here soon. Yeah. All right, Brent. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us and giving the Ohio State perspective. Uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And really hope Urban comes back just for the good of the conference. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you. See you guys. See you guys. Man, I'm off today. All right. Speaking of being off, two offensive touchdowns in three games. Not great. Two offensive touchdowns in three games. Not a math guy, but that doesn't sound good. It's not. Michigan State lost 26 to 16 in Iowa City on Saturday night. Uh, I called it. I said true sickos know the over is all but guaranteed. <laughs> and what did you know it? Everyone we, says SD's always wrong, but you know, I'm I, I don't think I'm wrong. I think I'm early, but I'm not wrong. We that game, I can I can accept the Washington game, and I can accept the Maryland game, a little bit less obviously. But the way we absolutely we were that gif of the guy with all the shit um, about to wash his car, and he just absolutely drops it all and falls on the ground. That was the final five minutes, and the final I, Lucas. The final five minutes were the black and white segments of an infomercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> has, has this ever happened to you? Oh, my God. Like, I don't know why I kept watching after the punt return. I really should have just turned it off. I was watching on my phone as the Lord intended. And I'm sitting in bed, and I'm just like, I was so pissed off. I stayed up for like another hour. But the way we lost that game, I can tolerate a lot of ways we lose games. but like. I'm going to be honest. We sh- with a with a much more competent staff, we should have won that game. We had that game. Iowa basically said, "Hey, try to beat us, please. God, we need you to beat us." And with that punt return, Ross Ells is like, "Watch this shit, guys. Check it out. That's my coaching at work." Have you ever booted a punt directly to a future NFL draft pick? <laughs> I'm giving him a lot of space to run. Have you ever fielded (laughs) 10 men on an extra point attempt? (laughs) So have you crushed, have you crushed a fan base's hopes and dreams over and over and over again? (laughs) Uh, Presenting the pink slip. (laughs) Uh, Let me, let me just say last thing that, that felt like a John L. Smith game. (laughs) I immediately warped back into when I was like early twenties, late or yeah, late teens, and I'm like, "Holy shit, this was this was a John L. Smith game." The way that we just completely looked incompetent, and we'll talk about other stuff, I'm sure. But I just had to get that off my chest before we start, before we keep going. Yeah, um, let's let's start with this, okay? If you bench your starting quarterback. Because they are because he is making too many mistakes. You better keep him benched. Because what you just did by doing that is making him deathly afraid of making another mistake. Scared little boy. You could see on Noah Kim's face. In that Maryland game, when they showed him on the sideline, you could see the look in his face. I lost the job. Yep. He had he had went through all five stages of grief in that one drive and was at acceptance. And then you go up there in the post-game press conference and give him a and give him a vote of confidence and hand him the keys. Against one of uh, shit, I don't even know if they're they're like a good bare minimum good Big Ten defense. Yeah, they're. I think they're good. 
they're good, but Michigan State had some movement against them. I mean, I think a lot of the movement was Malik Carr and him going out kind of stunk because they were feeding him the ball and he was actually moving. You know who else was moving? Nathan Nathan Carter. Carter. And what did they do on that drive where they were backed up in their inside their own 30? They, they went ran a double reverse and then went for it on their own 30, on their own 30-yard line. They tried to do a quarterback sneak with your six-foot, 180-pound quarterback. What? That works. That works in Philadelphia because Jalen Hurts Brett, for his for his warm up set squats three Noah Kims. <laughs> that's Minimum. why Minimum. that's why the QB sneak works in Philadelphia because Jalen Hurts has the strongest leg. I would put him up against anyone else for the strongest legs in America. If you are going to do that, why are you? And they know you're going to do that. Why aren't you direct snapping it to Nathan Carter? Yeah, the guy who they literally had just shown on the broadcast that he squatted 600. He repped out like three ma- like three reps of, of 600 like effortlessly. Yeah, that wasn't a max. That was a regular. He squatted. He, his max isn't 600 pounds. He can comfortably squat 600 pounds. And instead, thing. you go with fucking teenage Groot. <laughs> why did they go away from Nathan Carter? That's why I was so confused. They, they were just standing the ball, and he was churning out six, seven yards every time. You were moving the ball down the field, and then Noah Kim drops back to pass, and everything just falls apart. Look, part of that is look. Part of that is Noah Kim. Part of those are the receivers. They didn't run great routes. No one really got open, so you can't really fault him for not throwing the ball and not pressing. But like, you got to make a play. So that's why I'm just confused. And also, if your offense, if your passing game can't work, you got to dial it back. You got to get a little bit vanilla, and you got to give them easy things to run. Couple crossers for Tyrell Henry. Couple little posts for you know Christian Fitzpatrick. Whatever Comfy. it may be, something easy, something pitch and catch, like essentially like a run version of a pass, just a little slant for you know a, a Jerron Glover, something like that. And. I'm not going to fault Kim for the interception. It was a bad throw, but Jay Johnson called a bad play. You're talking about the we one? Were, yeah, when you're running the, the first ball one, the first one. into the red zone and then you dial yes. up a deep shot. First, I, it wasn't a good route, but it also wasn't a good throw. It was just all bad. So that's on I'm not going to give him all the fault. And it was also against, like you said, Carter, an NFL caliber player. Yeah, he ran the route for him and just kind of. <laughs> if you're going to run a shot play, don't do it against the NFL caliber secondary player, especially if you know that your quarterback doesn't have the arm to fit it into a tight window. The other thing, I wanted to go back to the the QB sneak. Uh, Ryan Eckley was booming them that game and pushing Iowa's offense with a backup quarterback that wasn't good anyway. They were not moving the ball. So why would you not push them way back into their own territory? Why would you give them a short field, which is good enough for their good special teams to put points on the board? What do you like? These are things that we are all like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the smartest person because I'm not, but I can understand that you should not give Iowa a team with a good field goal kicker an extra uh, shorter field. Why not make them beat you down the field? Like, I was so pissed. Deacon Hill wasn't moving the ball. Their running game wasn't working. They don't have they don't have very good receivers. We we lost to the reincarnated Jared Lorenzen. Yeah, dude's massive. Deacon Hill. Yeah, that that going for it on our own forty was just uh, coaching malpractice. The defense defense our defense played well, and they played good enough for us to win that game. What really pissed me off was when I think Kim had the pick, or it might have, it was a fumble, or it might have been the second pick. But then, you know, um, no glove boy picked up the fumble that I believe Simeon Barrows start, he stripped the ball. And then Cal Halliday ran it to the end zone. As Tanmise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tanmise. Yeah. That's right. He's so good. He was in the Delia. Yeah. 
um, I just had that sinking feeling like I kind of didn't want that to happen because I really think we weren't going to see Noah Kim again. And then the second that happened, even they're a lot of, well, Michigan State got a burst of life. I'm like, yeah, that means no. fucking Kim's coming back in the game, even though it's a fucking defensive score. Our defense is better than our offense. Oh, my God. Our defense I, is a better I, offense than our offense. Done with Kim. We, lead, we're, we are the worst Power 5 team in turnovers, or besides Arizona State. Oh, jeez. Out of 130 schools, we are like 128th in turnovers. Here, Ball he, security is job security. And you know what, Noah Kim? You don't have job security anymore. You shouldn't, but okay, I'm done. I'm muting again. This is the quarterback they chose because he didn't make mistakes. But he's out there making mistakes. And again, right? We, I made this point last week. At this point, all these got Jay Johnson and Courtney Hawkins and Ephraim Reed and Cap. These guys are all audition all are auditioning for their next jobs. Okay. Courtney Hawkins may be retained for a single player. Someone is gonna have to bite the bullet on Courtney Hawkins because here's the thing. I don't think he's doing his job right either. They're not running. The players aren't, the receivers aren't running their routes hard. If they don't get separation right away, they are not open. They are not working to get open. They're not, they're not cutting. They're not improvising routes. And that may be a consequence of the team just doesn't fucking want Noah Kim in there. I've had, I, that was the thing that jumped out to me when they brought Hauser in is that everyone tried harder. There was way more life. You could see the effort. Like you you could, you could see. Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead, Carter. Did you see the Antonio Gates Jr. Like post on Instagram when uh, Hauser took a shot to him in the end zone and it was a pass interference penalty against Maryland. Yeah. Antonio Gates said, I should have had that ball. It's like, no man, you got, you got pulled down. Like there was really nothing you could do. He pretty much got tackled in the end zone. But like the fact that he said, like, I should have had that ball. Like clearly he's like, I want to, I want to get this ball for Caton. And it was, he put it on him. He put it on him. If he didn't get pulled down, that's a touchdown. It's time for the youth movement. Here's what I'll tell you. It's time. I know what it means when a coach says we have the bye week coming up. We're going to evaluate all options. You know what that means. <laughs> Last week, it was Noah is our guy. This week, it's let's look at everything. You know what that means. It better. I, I, cannot, better. I cannot calculate the psychic damage that will be done to me if we <laughs> march out there in, Pis- on, in Piscataway on, on October 14th and I see number 10 taking snaps. I'll turn the game off. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on I, might be, anyway. I might become a Republican. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen to me, Jesus. but I won't like it. Wow. <laughs> You're going to be the Dave Chappelle MAGA hat gift. Exactly. <laughs> that's going to be it. I'm just going to start, like, retweeting J.K. Rowling and shit. I don't even know. God. I don't even know. It, it's just like, again, definition of insanity, right? Then, then, then beat this into the ground on Saturday night. Right, you chose this guy because he supposedly was an efficient game manager who wasn't going to make a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Took care of the ball. He uh, against teams against teams that Michigan State should be competing with. Power five teams. Okay, I am not counting Central. I am not counting Richmond. Noah Kim has one touchdown. In five interceptions. Ooh. That is not making mistakes, right? You pick Noah That's... Kim because he would be a game manager. He wasn't gonna lose you games. He lost Maryland and he fucking lost he lost two games. He That's wasted he wait he wasted a good defensive performance, which in the Scotty Hazelton era is a war crime. The offensive line was effectively run blocking. And 
I don't know if I can, and I don't fully blame Noah Kim because who's gonna, who the fuck is gonna go to their coach and say, I can't do this, I can't play at this level. I don't blame Noah Kim at all. We like no disrespect to the guy, but we've always known he's not really a power five quarterback. I've always said it. I've always said I want him to transfer out of Michigan State to go to a smaller level so he can go ball out. If it was if he transferred to like a lower level and got to play central Richmond level competition for like an entire season, he'd look great and he'd play well and there would be no high stakes. But this is just not the level for him. And I don't know if we've said his name yet other than our chat with Brant, but guess who is a power five quarterback? Caton Hauser. Even <laughs> Sam Levitt, dog, but Kate, but Caton specifically. Like this is my whole point. And I think a lot of people had sort of come to this level. You know, you look on social media, whatever you see people say like, yeah, they're ready for a switch. Would you rather have your freshman making freshman mistakes? Or would you rather have the guy who's been in the system for four years making freshman mistakes? Noah Kim has been in this system since day one. Yep. Day one. And he and he has not progressed at all. It is it's infuriating. It is beyond infuriating. And again, if I'm Jay Johnson and I'm auditioning for, for jobs in the future, you gotta you gotta look at the man in the mirror, bro. Like you have to you have to think what is going to be best. Because if I'm if I'm a future employer, right, and I get it, it's a fucking boys club. It probably doesn't matter. He's probably got another job anyways waiting for him. But if I'm an employer, I'm watching all 22 from Maryland and from Iowa, and I'm going, what the fuck is this guy doing? It's 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 insane. Like I I don't get it. Like most people would look most people would earn a million dollars a year if they if they had Kenneth Walker in their backfield. Yes. It that's just the reality of the situation. It's I'm so like it's just what more can we say at this point? Right? And I understand the product isn't gonna improve. Okay. It's not about that anymore. It's not about that. It's about accountability. You're not doing your job. You you are actively harming this program, and we'll get to Alan Haller because they're Alan Haller. We'll get to Alan Haller when we talk about SD four out. We'll get to him. Yeah, but you have to. Alan Haller has to take charge of this program and go look. Like I'm basically I'm basically the steward of this now. You have to you have to make the choice to go. This is unacceptable. Okay. Harlan Barnett isn't going to fire Jay Johnson because why the fuck would he? Him having Jay Johnson or not having Jay Johnson isn't going to improve his chances of getting the job. Basically, like my whole thing is people will say, well, how do you know that the, how do you know the, the young guys are going to immediately be better? I don't know. know They're going to be worse. I don't, I don't know that. But what I do know is the experienced guys are playing not well. So do something different. So why are we going back over and over to the same guys who were repeatedly just showing us that they aren't playing that well? This doesn't count just for Noah Kim. This goes for other guys as well. So that's just basically you have to try something new and you have to think about the future of your program and still the present. This is a way to think about the present still too. Like these guys could give you a better shot at some of these things. So I don't know. That's, that's just my whole thing. There's no, like we know that there's no, point to the season like they're probably not making a bowl game we'll see how many more games they can even win this year but i don't know i i i pretty much i got nothing left like with this current team i i got nothing like to talk about the the the, the present of this team i don't have much left like the, the the main talking points have been exhausted yeah it's just it it's so infuriating like like the the old line was finally run blocking Best game I think they've played in a long time. It, at least in the at least in the Mel Tucker era. Was least. Noah Kim sacked? I don't think no. so. Okay, yeah. okay. Last point though, like I just wanted like because people were coming at me and being like, "Well, do you really want no? Do you really think Caton would 
would do better in this situation. I'm pretty sure Caten Hauser would have done better than 4.4 yards per attempt and two interceptions. And if he throws interceptions, then that's fine. You'll learn from him and move on. And he's a better chance of learning from them and improving than a guy who's been here for since Trump was still in office. Two offensive touchdowns in three games. It can't that is that's literally the only argument. That's literally the only argument anyone needs in for for like a youth movement. Two offensive touchdowns in three games. What's going on now is not working. It 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 hasn't been working since the Peach Bowl in 2021. And now, like sunlight is the best disinfectant. Like you just see it now, right? Without without fucking Mel Tugger on the sidelines shopping and like getting his dick hard looking at co-ed sitting in the front row of the student section. You just see how incompetent these guys are because he's not there to take all the attention. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like, wh- I don't even know. I, it's just so, it's like, what, what else needs to be done for Alan Holler to step in and, and, and take control of the reins over here? Like, fucking, I don't care if you pull a Lance Harbor and just have fucking, and, just have fucking Jacoby Winman become acting head coach. Hmm. I don't really care. It it can't get worse. It can't. It can't get worse than losing to a backup quarterback to losing to an Iowa team with a backup quarterback. It can't. It, just, it can't. So, I wish that that was the only embarrassment of MSU for the week. But uh, MSU embarrassments are the thing, are the gift that keep on giving. Um, SD4L, the school's preferred NIL collective, canceled a bunch of contracts uh, with the football team. The basketball team is still fully funded. <laughs> if you ask, if you ask our friend Brett, it's a strategic pause. They want to see who the next coach is. If you ask SD4L's social media team, it's our fault because we didn't buy enough $120 sweatshirts. Um, it's really a matter of who you ask. Um, there was an article in On3 today that came out. Um, it kind of outlined uh, basically that players were on the plane to Iowa City. Um, they sponsored about 35 players, 35 to 40 players, and now they only sponsor five. and and players were notified via email in the air on the way to Iowa that their contracts were canceled. Jeez. So first things first, I will say this off the top. Alan Holler is only is only still the athletic director because there is no president. Whenever that new president is hired, until they get fired for, I don't know, farting farting while golfing, golfing with one of the board members or whatever gets president fired with these fucking assholes. Uh, Alan Holler's time as AD will be measured in hours and not months. Yeah, probably. To fight against collectives for so long. And, you know, can't read, can't write made this point, right? Our, our collectives, the, the future of college football, probably not. They're incredibly inefficient, okay? But it's how business is done now, okay? If you're not going to get behind a collective, then you better be fucking leading the secession movement from the NCAA so you can start classifying student-athletes as employees. If you're not going to do that, then fucking swallow your pride and welcome the collectives. Mm-hmm. Because this is the, this is the foreseeable future of the NCAA. If you don't like it, fucking run for Congress and start proposing legislation. Yeah. I don't really have much to say about the SD4L thing. It's just stupid and like ridiculous. And I hope they find a different, you know, NIL collective. I know that this is Sparta one is like stepping in for the time being, I guess. I don't know where that one comes from, but yeah. SD4L is dead. There's no coming back from this. No, you might as well. You might as well keep it going until the end of basketball season and then just fold. 
Like there, there is no, there is no recovering from this. To to cancel contracts in the air during a game where red shirts are being burned is unacceptable. And Alan Holler throwing his weight behind this after dragging his feet basically his entire tenure on this stuff. He's on borrowed time. Yeah. Borrowed, borrowed time. He is so goddamn lucky that the Board of Trustees is the way it is at Michigan State because he would already be out the door. Because I, I don't really believe him when he says he, he knew what he knew when he knew with the Tucker stuff either. Not that it matters. He, he was He's going down for it anyway. But it's just like you're only the direct deposit still hitting because you have a lame duck administration in in Hannah. That's why. And the second they hire a new president, you are your key card. Your your key card is your key card's getting deactivated. Yeah, I kind of you know it's kind of disappointing because we thought that. Holler was going to be like an athletic director to to push us into the future of of college athletics and where they are now, but he really didn't. So I'm hoping whoever, I mean, Holler's still here right now, but we kind of think he may not be after all the Tucker litigation and things go down. But um, I don't know. I hope if they do decide to bring in somebody new, then there's somebody who will actually kind of understand and hopefully be able to better navigate. Um, the current landscape of college athletics. And and the thing is, like, the shame of it is, outside of football, Holler has been an incredible yeah. builder. I mean, you look at the hires he, he's made outside of the football program, they're awesome. Both soccer teams are, like, kicking fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Hockey with Nightingale. Hockey, yeah. He revived MSU hockey. You know, volleyball is playing games in the Breslin now. Sweet. Wrestling is is doing well. Softball is softball. I think they have the right softball coach, you know, as someone who as someone who 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 follows soft as someone who knows softball uh just through osmosis. Hmm. Uh you know. Jake Bench Jr. is still is still the baseball coach, which depending on who you ask is not is not <laughs> is not the right choice, but whatever. Well, <laughs> fire boss, the count is doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so do I. It's just like I wonder if he's still going. You know, what is he still? What a bit. Is he still trucking? He's got to be. He's still got to be out there, right? I think it's called like Fire Boss or something. I think if you just type in Fire Jake Boss, it'll come up. Probably. Uh, so here, so I mean, final thing on this, it's just like, how embarrassing, like, are we, is this the last embarrass, the last indignity we're going to have to suffer? No, there's gotta be more. What is it going to be next week? I don't even know. It's probably going to be something like, I don't know. Um, Teresa Woodruff, like, Teresa Woodruff just like has an OnlyFans or something. Like, what would be the most embarrassing? Like, that's got to be it, right? <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah. Um, this is this season sucks. This is, yeah, it's it sucks way worse than we could have imagined. You know, we we were just we were hoping that we could just just rebound from from five and seven last year and hopefully kind of get things on track and the whole train exploded. Just classic, 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 classic. Um, You know, one final thing on the Iowa game and, and I want to, I want to say this and we can kind of transition into NFL. Um, When you look at how Jay Johnson responded when Iowa was closing the gap, and how Ben Johnson responded when the Packers were closing the gap on Thursday night. It's like, it's like, do you get like, it was like, Jay, do you even know what you're doing? It was like, do you even understand 
Do you even understand the sport of football? No. Like, it's so weird. Like, I, I've been alive for 26 years. Not once in my 26, in like my 20, in my 20 conscious years as like a, as like a sports watcher, would I ever say, hey, look at what the Detroit Lions are doing. You guys should do that. Hmm. It's just, I don't know. Like, let's talk about, let's talk about the NFL. I'm done. I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Let's just. Uh, the Lions fucking rule. Yeah, I'm do. so happy. I'm so happy. So happy. They kick um, ass. They're fun. The coach has instilled an incredible culture. The The general manager has built a great team and has nailed several draft picks. Like, that's that's cool. But, and here's the thing. I don't give a single fuck if you reach for Jameer Gibbs. I don't fucking care. That is your fault. You drafted a rookie running back. If you're in a dynasty league, it'll pay dividends. Settle the fuck down. If you're not in a dynasty league, why the fuck are you drafting rookies? These fantasy accounts are awful. These are just the worst, like, subsection of football Twitter. Like, this guy says, well, J- David Montgomery can tear a ligament for all I care. Don't say that, dude. It's yeah, terrible. What the, f- what the fuck is wrong with you, man? It, he's David Montgomery's games. not doing anything wrong. He's helping the freaking Lions win games. He's four games into his career, like four games, and it's a complicated system. No one is going to be able to start doing that week one. He's, his usage is already increasing. Everyone's just got to fucking settle down, okay? That's, a, that's the thing about, uh, like, Jameer Gibbs and being in the Ben Johnson. It's like, oh, I didn't know the season was only four games. Right. There's a whole season left for this man to get involved. And that's how it goes with rookies. As they start to, sort of learn the game, they start to be involved more and their usage goes up. That's just how it goes. Like, ugh. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you spent a fourth on Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> I'm sorry you're an idiot and drafted a rookie in the fourth round. I'm sorry. Uh, no, and then, you know, find out uh, J-Mo's back. There you go. Uh, yeah. Getting him back a couple of weeks early. Um, you know, I don't really expect him to be fully ramped up until after the bye, but shit, man, it's going to be, this offense is going to be humming. Real field stretcher. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Get ready to learn studio analyst, buddy. Yeah, it's about time. For- <laughs> Marvin. <laughs> he just looks like the dog, you know, he just like, he just looks like the family dog who's like, you know, just not really moving too well anymore. They can't get up the stairs. It's crazy that we're talking about a 34 year old person. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part about football. You know, it's like the classic tweet where it's like 40 year old man doing anything else. Oh, you're still so young. You got so much life ahead of you. 40 year old man playing football. Oh my God, how the fuck is he still doing this? He's the old as fuck. The dinosaur. Playing football, that'll be, you know, a 35 year old football player is like, well, it doesn't really look, you know, he's struggling now. But yeah, like, a, like, a, like outside of a football context, like a 35 year old is a, is a young individual. Yeah. Like some people don't even have their life together at 35. And we're talking about Marvin Jones, like he's, like he's fucking grandpa. Yeah. You know, has to, <laughs> we have to put him to bed. Uh, no, I'm, this Lions team is awesome. I I look forward to Sundays. They're so much fun. The defense is finally starting to pick up a little bit after, after kind of a little bit of a slow start. Um, and Jordan Love is not that guy. So sorry, sorry, Packer fans. You don't get three hall of fame quarterbacks in a row. He looked like a first year starter. Yeah. The, the, uh, someone, I think it was Peach or HTE who said this, like, the ideal situation for Jordan Love is to be just is to be just above mediocre, so that you can never like you can never fully justify getting rid of him, hmm. but he can never get you to that next level. If you're if people don't know who HTE at Hot Take Empire is, and you want to follow Good Lions content, it's right there, man. <laughs> he, yeah, he is by far one of the best Lions accounts on Twitter. Um, also a Michigan State guy. Yep. So 
Yeah, that's all I got for the Lions, uh, Carter. So let me let me offer you a choice here, Carter. All right, okay. I, I wanna I wanna give you I, pretend that I'm Morbius, <laughs> and I'm coming up to you, and I offer you a red pill and a blue pill. Yep. The red pill is you go and do you go into a control tank. Okay, you're guaranteed. You're guaranteed to retain 90% of the roster. You pick fifth overall. The blue pill is you pull the ripcord and start Taylor Heineke. You go nine and eight, sneak into the playoffs, and have to go to San Francisco for the first round. That's a which, good. Which pill are you taking? If you retain 90% of the roster, I'm going to be red pilled because. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, take that one because fifth overall just depends on who's in front of you, but you could get Drake May with that. I think, I, you know, I'm not worried about how Drake May is playing this season. I think, I think it's fine. I think it's pretty, still pretty clear that he's a really good quarterback prospect. And I would like that on my team. Every mock I've looked at and people are like, oh, why are you looking at mocks in, why are you looking at mocks in October? I'm a freaking NFL draft guy. Of course, I'm, I'm looking at mocks in July. I don't care. <laughs> And all of them have the Falcons taking a quarterback. So I think it's pretty clear where they need to go. And the best and worst thing for me from Sunday was that like the world could see how just God awful Desmond Ritter is like this guy's not an NFL quarterback at all. And, and I've always known that. And everybody else has always known that there's one person who doesn't know that. And that's Arthur Smith. Now, look, I think Arthur Smith is a fine coach. I think he's a fine play caller. I think he's hamstrung as a play caller because his quarterback can't make simple reads. I don't know how much of that game you saw, but like he was staring directly at defensive backs and throwing the ball right to them. He yeah. probably could have had, he probably could have had uh, four interceptions in that game. Can, Can I lay something out for you two really quick? Yeah. Go well, I was going to, I was going to ask you, like, can Arthur Smith be an effective evaluator of quarterback talent if he built his bona fides with Ryan Tannehill under center? No. So okay, you could have known, like, Ryan Tannehill was a good quarterback in Miami before he blew out his knee. Right. Um. So I'll I'll lay something out for you. Uh, in Jameis Winston's thirty interception season, overall he had forty turnover worthy plays. Desmond Ritter this season is on pace for 47 turnover-worthy plays. That's bad. I don't need to tell you that's bad. And at least, and like, Jameis threw 30 touchdowns. Yes, like, yes. Like, he had a one-to-one -one ratio. Like, Desmond yes. Ritter is not going to have a one-to-one -one ratio. He has, it's like, a, it's a similar thing. I believe he has two this season. One was a, one was a swing pass to, um, one was a swing pass to B. John Robinson, who, shook a defender out of their shoes and broke three tackles. And then I don't even remember what the other one was truthfully. Oh, it's uh no, he has three touchdowns. I'm sorry. Two of them. And then two of them went to Drake London. Um, you know, just cause I mean, Drake London's good. So yeah. Um, it's obvious that, um, here's what I'm thinking. I mean, this is what, I, what was also laid out to me was that like, technically the Falcons are still rebuilding. Um, and part of that rebuilding about, stage is evaluating what your young quarterback looks like. You know what Taylor Heineke's going to give you. He's going to give you good enough play to be like treading water of 500. You want to see if Ritter is possibly more than that. I think from very early on, you can tell he's not good. I don't think you really need to see anymore, truthfully. Yeah, no, I remember I met you in, in IM West. Uh, I think that's when we met in person, I think, for the first time. Is <laughs> You were work, yeah. You were work. Oh, Peach Bowl, yeah, yeah. We met for the pe we met for the first time at the Peach Bowl, and then I was up at Michigan State doing something with my brother. You were working the desk, the check-in desk at IM, um, and yeah, grinding, grinding tape on Desmond Ritter, and you were just like, I can't believe my team is gonna fucking draft this guy. Yeah, because we said, oh, oh, Arthur Smith sees Ryan Tannehill with this guy, and and then yep, he did. Yeah. So um, also, my other thing was, do you know why they chose Desmond Ritter? Because he had lots of winning moments in college. What wars with UCF and like Tulane and Houston? Yeah. Uh, huh. Um. 
Yeah, that I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? Is is Desmond Desmond Ritter ain't play nobody, Pa. Um, no, I no, I think like at five, right? Even if like like if Bears are probably gonna have one and two or three. So they'll draft, you know, they'll draft Caleb Williams and Hey, that makes Justin Fields available. Justin Fields in this offense, I think, would be awesome. I agree. That this is your third option. Okay. They rip the band-aid off, go with Taylor Heineke, go, go eight and nine, nine and eight. Okay. And then you trade your third round pick for for Justin Fields. Done. Done. Easy. So I I tend to agree with you. I mean, I think that's the uh um I think that's the right call. Um and Bijan so, is awesome. Okay. Apologies to Lucas Whitney. Um we're breaking news again. Um <laughs> breaking news. Uh apologies to Lucas. Uh Graham Couch said on Couch in the Rube that his sources are saying Keaton is starting next week. Okay. So uh Lucas Whitney had it first. Um the news. We we owe Lucas an apology. Uh yeah, I mean that's the right decision. I mean, he should have been starting last week. Um again, I didn't really understand the logic of oh, you don't want Kate, you don't want Kate and Hudson's first start to be Kinnick at night. They weren't that good. They're not they're they're that good. good. It's not great. They're not that good. Fucking do it. He's he's gonna have to play on the road if he's gonna start. Yeah. Um where'd you see the Graham Couch thing? It is on the VIP board. Uh, uh Couch said on his pod that he's been told by a few people Caton will likely be starter next week. Yeah, that makes I mean that's the that's the right call, but it, I think it comes a week late. Yeah, it does. Um now you're up against it. Um you're definitely up against it. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll end with this. Um, you know, the, the clip of Bijan juking that guy in the Toy Story broadcast is, is awesome. On the Toy Story. <laughs> did you watch any of the Toy Story broadcast? I, I did not. I watched, I watched a little bit. Um, it was hilarious. Uh, you know, the clips you saw, you know, of like Slinky Dog, like being <laughs> the chains and like moving back as like there was a penalty call, the claw spotting the ball. That's they awful. were, they were going to get, they were going to get voice actors for the characters, but uh, SAG still on strike. So they couldn't. So if they do it again, I would love, I would love for the voice actors to come back. Um. Yeah, it's it's just very um it's very in um yeah, it's very um very interesting. One last thing about Urban before we get out of here. Um I finally got a look at what this Bernie Fratto guy looks like, the guy who broke the the guy who broke the Urban news. There's not a chance this motherfucker is correct. I'm sorry. No. You cannot have that kind of facial hair and be a reliable source. You you just fucking can't. You have to be trustworthy. You have to have a trustworthy face. <laughs> yeah, that is not the face. That is the face of a guy who sells lemons. Who sells you know what lemons, else sucks? Lemons as cars. But you know what else sucks? Is that... You know, Twitter, you used to be able to tell where reliable news came from. And now, because Elon Musk thought that a verification badge was a status symbol instead of the symbol of a reputable source, he removed it. And anyone can have them, and you don't even know if the person is verified because of Twitter Blue or if they're legitimately verified by Twitter itself. So now misinformation can be spread so easily. Reputable sources, you have to dig and search for them. It's an, uh, it's just a huge gripe I have with media literacy and, and where that's going. It's absolutely in the toilet, and it's going to get worse. And this country's stupid. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, 
Have you eaten any brains since the uh, since the alert came off and activated your your zombie chip and the Pfizer vaccine? I did start to get a little bit hungry. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did start to think. You know, I can eat a brain right now. Yep, absolutely. So that's all I got for this week. Um, mm-hmm. Good, good long pod. Oh yeah. Uh, thank you to Brand for joining us, Lucas. We're sorry. Uh, BIP exec in that one South Park episode. We're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> um, we'll be we'll we'll come back next week. We'll talk about Rutgers, I guess. Um, do they have Rutgers guys? They do. We do All have right. a Rutgers pod. I've oh. I've talked to him a few times. Good dude. We'll be talking to we'll be talking to Alec next week of the What's Chopping pod. All right. We will we will officially hand him back chopping. Yes. All yours. <laughs> We'll do a whole ceremony. It'll be a whole shebang. Um, until then, go green. Go white. It's getting tiring to say, but go white. I always will say it. Basketball is coming. Sure is. <laughs>